The Touchdown City Podcast is presented by Salango Law, where you don't get excuses, you get results. Visit them online at salangolaw.com. From the Riverbank Studio, here's your host, Anthony Lewis, along with Avon Coburn and Derek Bailey, and this is the Touchdown City Podcast. Hello, Mountaineer fans, and hello to you Blue Lot beer drinkers. Thank you for taking the time to download the Touchdown City Podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis. I've got a great show lined up for you. Again, thank you so much for downloading it, and also take a second to swing by our, or by your favorite podcast platform, and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the show, leave us a great review. Again, we've got a great show lined up for you. And tonight, we'll be joined by Avon Coburn, Grant Wiley, and Rashid Marshall. We're going to talk about the 2002 visit to Blacksburg. Uh, One of those games that was a turning point under the Rodriguez era. You know, these guys were, uh, I believe Avon was a senior. Rashid was probably a sophomore. And Grant was a sophomore or a junior. But um, it was one of those games that just kind of turned the direction of West Virginia. The season before, Virginia Tech had blown West Virginia off the field, like 35 to nothing in 2001. Rich Rodriguez's first season at West Virginia. And then uh, I think that team ended up finishing like 3-8 and eight on the season. But totally flip-flopped their season and closed out the season at 8-3. and three including a win at Pittsburgh and at Virginia Tech. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Rashid Marshall, Grant Wiley, and Avon Coburn, and we're going to talk about the 2002 victory in Blacksburg. We'll do that after this. Don't go anywhere. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. The relationship between a lawyer and a client is based on trust. You have to make certain that the lawyer you hire has your best interests at heart. This is attorney Ben Salango. Just like the Mountaineers are fighting hard on the field, the Salango Law Firm will fight hard to win your case. Whether it's medical malpractice, automobile or trucking accidents, hiring an experienced lawyer will make a difference in the outcome of your case. When you hire my law firm, you get results, not excuses. Check us out at salangolaw.com. It's Mountaineer football season at Tony the Tailor. Tony the Tailor is the Valley's preeminent men's clothing store. Master Tailor Anthony Perizzino has assembled an extraordinary combination of world-renowned vendors and support staff with one goal in mind, to exceed your expectations. In addition to hand-tailored clothing, Tony the Tailor also sells quality WVU apparel from Johnny O to show your support for the Mountaineers. Use promo code LETSGO for 20% off WVU apparel at bestmastertailor.com. Sagging, bouncing, or uneven floors? Standing water or high humidity, nasty odors, or dangerous mold? Crawl space problems don't get better with time, but they do get better when you call Alford Home Solutions. Welcome, stranger. What's up, guys? This is Anthony Beck, former WVU tight end, and you're listening to the Touchdown City Podcast. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Podcast, presented by Salango Law in partnership and produced in partnership with HD Media and the Charleston Gazette Mail. I'm Anthony Lewis, 
And joining us on the phone, we have a who's who from the 2002 season. We've got Rashid Marshall. Rashid, welcome to the show. What up, man? Thanks for having me, man. It's good to hear your voice, my friend. Avon Coburn, the GOAT, number 22. Avon? What's happening? What's happening, party people? Hey, it's good to be back with my boys again, man. Locker room talk. Love it. <laughs> and then from the defensive side of the ball, the consensus All-American an all-time leading tackler in West Virginia history, Mr. Grant Wiley. Grant, it's good to hear your voice, my friend. Yes, thank you, Anthony. It's great to be on here. I, I know. I feel. <laughs> I feel like we could probably. <laughs> I feel like we could definitely just say we could go for Let's hours and and probably not even talk about Virginia Tech <laughs> with this with this group that we've got here. But uh, again. The, for those of you listening, this is the group that was there whenever I was working at West Virginia and and made working a lot of fun, just being able to watch this team and this group of guys go from um you know, a three and three and nine, three and eight season to um the season we're about to and the game we're about to talk a little bit about. Uh finishing the season at eight and three, um, with a win at Virginia Tech in Lane Stadium. First and foremost uh, the date was November 20th, 2002, on a Wednesday night in Lane Stadium. They had over 62,000 people there. Guys, when you think about going to Lane Stadium, when you think back and you knew you were going to Lane Stadium, what are some things that really stand out about going to Lane Stadium leading up to the game? Well, for me, the first thing is I'm, I hope we don't fly because when you fly into Lane Stadium or fly into uh, Blacksburg, you got to crash landing every time. <laughs> I, I hate flying in there. I, I don't know if you guys remember that. But we 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 crash landed into that that stadium. You know, I, I don't think I don't think uh, I think Grant you played, but um, and and ni- uh, when was it? It was in two thousand when we went out there. Bounced um, in, yeah. When Vic Vic's uh, sophomore year, Vic's sophomore year, guys, yeah, sophomore. Year. You guys bounced it into Blacksburg. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. And and then and I, then and then <laughs> I'll go ahead. Go ahead, Grant. Or, or I, who was that? She. And I was Grant. I was going to say, though, Coach Nealon must have had that long money. Coach Rod, we was on the bus. I didn't even know you could fly in the Blacksburg. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember flying. I remember busing into Blacksburg. And yeah. uh, in, in that year we flew in, and we, we, we dive-bombed in there. I was like, man. And then somebody <laughs> was like, yeah, you always land like that. I'm like, that's trash. <laughs> but what do you guys remember about the atmosphere and, and just, you know – you go to Miami, there might have been twelve, fifteen thousand people. You go to certain I don't remember Syracuse being really loud, but uh Lane Stadium is traditionally known to be an intimidating place to play. I always looked forward to it. I thought for me playing in that atmosphere where you knew everybody was against you and talking trash and you might catch a screwdriver in midair, I, I looked forward <laughs> to that because it it raised the stakes. Because when that place goes silent it's it's and then you get I remember the year Avon was talking about that we crash landed. Uh, it was Michael Vick's. It was the year that they went to uh, or Michael Vick's sophomore year. And we went up 14 seven at halftime, sacked Vick right before the half. And it was quiet Except for the Mountaineer fans. And to me, that was that was fun to be able to quiet them and then you know, wave your hands in the air, a little taunt. I always look forward to playing in that, that rabid atmosphere. I'll speak from the offensive side of the ball. For me, it was hell because, one, you can't hear a thing. And the thing about it, um, 
Avon the same year you're talking about 2000. I think I made that trip as a redshirt freshman. But anyway, um, you know, you hear the stories about how loud it's going to be, how you can't talk to the person beside you because it's that loud. And you can't really fathom what it's like until you actually get down there and witness it for yourself. But um, man, I just remember coming out and it was right after they played their Metallica song. We got on the field. You could not hear a thing. And all I kept thinking to myself was, man, we have to put up with this for four more quarters. Either we need to get up and, and take them out of the crowd and um, silence it or else we're going to. I mean, it, it, it was just nuts, man. You couldn't. I think it I was. couldn't even talk the next day, whatever it was. But you're screaming at the top of your voice. You're trying to communicate offensive lineman, receiver, all that stuff. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's electric. Probably one of the most exciting places I've ever played. Going into the going into the game, um, what was the confidence level with you guys as far as the week of preparation and then getting to Blacksburg and, and in the locker room? How were you guys feeling about uh, this game? I remember I, I was just thinking of that, about this before we got on. I remember that summer, Avon and I, I feel like our relationship got even closer because during summer training – you know, we, we always worked our asses up. And then we realized that we both had the same goals of winning. Like, yeah, we were we were able to achieve individual uh, accolades and praise. But we were like, yo, we wanted, like, we realized with each other that summer, like, we want to win. We, we want to beat these ranked teams. So I was excited. I felt like we were, we had the offense, because as a defensive player, we're concerned like we I, we don't want to be on the field for a hundred plays, and that previous year when we I think we lost thirty five to seven or something like thirty five nothing whatever it was, I felt confident that our offense was going to be able to move the ball, and Rashid and Avon and Quincy were going to pop off at any moment. So as a defensive player, we were confident we were going to be able to make stops and get them on the field as much as possible. Yeah, so so quick story. Um, so what, what was the date of that game again? It was November 20th. I, wasn't it a Thursday night, though? It was, uh, it was Wednesday night. Wednesday. You said November I thought, the 20th? I thought our senior, my senior was a Wednesday night. and You might be right, Brent. That's Thursday. what I was about to say. I think Morgantown was Wednesday, actually, and um, yeah, the first Thursday. trip down there was Thursday night. So I've got it backwards. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We can edit it. <laughs> so... <laughs> It was a weeknight. It was a weeknight. Because I, I that wasn't it like the night before um, Halloween. I, I think it was. I, I think it was Halloween night or something like that. And the reason why I say that is I was actually late for the late for the bus that that game. Yeah, I, I remember that. <laughs> I, had, I had a great week of preparation. Like I mean, I in my mind, I'm like we were, you know, we were gonna we were gonna win this game, and 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 I and I knew I knew it because of the way we prepared, the way we practiced. But, you know, the night before, I mean, because I, I think it was, I, I, don't, I can't remember what night it was, but I know I showed up late. I had I had a little bit of extracurricular activity um, that evening, and it was um, the, the night before. And I showed up late, and, you know, we got to get we got to get Ham Jones on to tell the story about how uh, Coach Rod was cussing out Coach McGee on, on you know, me, me, missing, the, me missing the bus. <laughs> um, but it was hilarious because um, – you know, I, I had like 44, 40, 40 something games started already. And he's like, Avon, I'm not going to start your effing ass. And I'm like, look, man, I, look, I'm, I'm, I apologize. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. Like, 
it was just it was just a good night, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and I, I stayed up, I stayed up a little longer than I wanted to, and um, and I mean, he was pissed. He was pissed. They left me, so I actually traveled. I caught you guys at like a, a rest stop. Um, I rode up there with um, who was the quarterback coach's name? He, um, I, I, I can't believe I forgot his name. His name is um, um, he played for him at Glenville State. He was a quarterback at Glenville. Oh, Wilkie. You talking about Wilkie? Wilkie. Yeah, Wilkie Perez. So I drove up. I drove up and met you guys at like a stop, uh, like a fan stop with Wilkie. Um, I think it was Wilkie and Bob too. So it was actually hilarious. And then you know, getting getting to the getting to the bus, you know, he just was looking at me all crazy. Oh, I'm not gonna start your ass. You think you could just do what you want, Avon? Okay, <laughs> okay. You're not. Your ass is not gonna start. And 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 I think I Very think. Accurate. I think uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, media people was like, um, "Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to be able to do that, Rod, um, because he's been, you know, he's been starting every every game. I mean, he's been, he's got a streak going on." And so what happened was he was like, "Your ass is not going to start." So we go, we lined up at Rip Max, where you know we're both it's two running backs in the game, and I guess <laughs> he's like, "You're playing the fullback. We're going to run it with Quincy first. Like, I don't care. Like, that don't bother me none. Uh, but, that, but yeah, man, going into that game, bro, we was I, – I know for sure. We, I thought I, – I mean, the week we had before then, I mean, we we, we had – you know, when, when when you're tuned in, you're hitting on all cylinders. Um, you know, it was it was just one of those games, man, that I, I knew we were going to win. Yeah, I can't remember specifically where we were uh, record-wise going into that game, but – I knew we had a shot to win, obviously, working with Coach Rod on a daily basis. I mean, we're going over game plans. We're going over uh, strengths, weaknesses of their defense. And um, the main thing for me was, one, to take care of the football because I knew if we could make some plays, we were going to keep it close. Grant, the defense, as he mentioned, those guys were flying around all week. And um, it was something that came up in conversation a lot in the meetings. Like, let's not put too much pressure on the defense more than what they can handle. Let's just handle our end of the stick. They're going to handle theirs, and, and we can walk out victorious. But, um, you know, obviously we came into the game. We wanted to run the football. So, for me, I was thinking, okay, when I get an opportunity, whether it's running the football, throwing the football, A, don't put the ball on the ground. Two, don't turn it over by interception. We need to keep it close. And uh, sure enough, I, don't, I think Avon just mentioned it, everything was just hitting on all cylinders. Offensive line was doing a great job. That's one thing that we didn't mention. Um, those guys were locked in. Um, and, and it was just back and forth, back and forth. BK, he came up with that big play at the end, but the main thing, there were no turnovers on our end. And we talked about that all week, as long as we could protect the football, hit on a big play somewhere. And I think in that game, it was D Smith. He caught a slant, maybe Uh, uh, 40 something. Right. So, um, everything literally went to game plan, no turnovers offensively. And we kept it close. So, that's that's what we were talking about in our in our meeting room. You know, Virginia Virginia Tech went down quick and scored. Sugg scored, and they went up seven nothing. But it didn't seem like you guys panicked at all. It seemed like because um, you, you guys answered, like you said, you hit you hit Derek Smith on that slant, and then Avon, you ran it in and tied the game at seven seven. Um, and I know with you know when you're in a hostile environment and Tech scores instantly. It was early, and you, you guys answered back. Sometimes it's not easy to do that. We were focused, man. That year, that year was was like the that was the building blocks to to what what Rod was talking about the entire time. Like 
you know, everybody working together, everybody working on the same page. And, you know, uh, again, man, we just we just were our defense, like you said before, man, they were just lights out the entire year. I mean, and we had some headbusters like they was going to hit you. I mean, that's what Biggie's football was like. We was going to run the football and we was going to hit you in the mouth. And and, you know, when when and, and that was our year, I mean, the year the year after that, I know I know Rasheed player of the year. You know what I mean? You know, throwing the ball all over the place. We were like, nah, we're we, we going to run the football. I mean, we, we average about 250 a game, 300 a game, just, you know, being consistent and and just, just I mean, we, we just were confidence, man. Like, we had so much confidence that year. And just like Grant said, it wasn't about, like, it wasn't about us, you know, winning and, and uh, I mean, us, uh, you know, getting plaques and all that. We, we just wanted to win, man. I mean, I wanted to win more than I wanted to do anything else. I'm like, all I want to do is is have my name attached to something winning. And, I mean, whatever I got to do, I gave up a lot that summer. I wanted to go down and freaking train with Chris Carter to, to work on my speed. And, and you know, Rich Wild was like, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. You need to, you know, stay around your teammates because they, they need your leadership there. Because if you're not there, they feel like they can't, they can leave. And I'm like, man, you know, sacrifice. So, so I mean, it was about winning, man. It was, it was, it was truly about winning. And I think we were in the, we were in the, in the zone, like off our defense, again, defense wins championships and, and puts us in places, you know, puts us in position to win. And I mean, you know, we, we have our flash on offense, but I, I, I really believe that game was, was really the turning point. Well, it wasn't the turning point. It was just the, the, the next catapult to us, to us getting to where we, where we finished up. Yeah. Hey, real, real quick, real quick. Okay. And to, to your point, that first drive, I remember that because they came out and they scored super quick. But offensively, all we kept saying was just let's just play our part. You know what I mean? Let's, it's it's going to go back and forth. Let's just do what we do. And uh, we hit on enough big plays to where we were able to keep it so close. But I, I do remember them coming out and they scored literally maybe on their first or second series. And um, – you know, naturally, you're on the road. You again, I can't remember where we were record wise, but you would think in that situation, you go, okay, this might not be the game that we really want to be in right now. But we <laughs> yeah. we just kept fighting, man. And uh, you know, Avon mentioned it. I think we knew offensively that we had the playmakers to get the job done. Uh, shout out to Coach Rod too for basically changing that offense around to suit the talent. Like we didn't have the big lights out receivers that he had at Clemson in that first year to go for, you know, like four wide sets, every single 10 personnel, every single series. So you got two good running backs. You tweak the offense a little bit. We know we want, want to run the football and uh, man, just stuck to the guns. And I think that's what was the main factor in, in keeping that thing so close all the way down to the wire. We had a bunch of young guys too that, that <laughs> stepped up. On defensively, I remember Kelvin Dubose was amped yeah. on another level, and he and, and so we had a lot of young guys that were buying in and, and following us, uh, which which was really helpful too. Kind of kind of surprise characters that came up in big ways, small ways, but big ways uh, that helped us get to the ending that we got. To. That that was going to be my next question, uh, Grant. For you was on the defensive side of the ball, you guys were going to face. Uh, Lee Suggs and Kevin Jones. Now, I believe Jones may have been hurt, a little banged up for this game, but still you're talking about Lee Suggs, who I believe at one point, maybe even during that game, set a record for touchdown score. Yeah, he was, 
he was the most prolific running score or pro, he was the most prolific scoring running back in all of college football heading into that game like 22 straight games with a touchdown yeah, so, a rushing touchdown yeah so where's the, what's the mind frame defensively what did you know as the leader of that defense where did you guys have to be we knew they were going to pound it and then we had to keep an eye on Randall he wasn't the best passer but he could make plays with his feet and he was good enough to, to throw completions. And then they had Ernest Wilford, who was a threat because he was so big. But nobody, I mean, there was, nobody was uh, intimidated, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. We didn't care who they were, what the media was saying about them. We just knew that we were going to be in a slugfest and that hitting them in the mouth early and as often as possible, which we did from the get-go, uh, was eventually going to wear them down uh and sure enough you know on that on that goal line stand you know they they had you know first and first and goal from the nine and i think that first that first carry that they gave to Suggs, we knew it was going to him um and then they you know a blown middle assignment which we fortunately were, were able to keep them out but when you got guys like dirty jamal adai you know, church, our defensive line, and everybody. And we kept it really simple in terms of game planning. I think we, we ran two. We ran zone and man, and uh, we knew how challenging them uh, blocking our defense was. So we ran a real simple zone and man almost interchangeably, like real basic. And then we had a couple of blitzes we threw in there. But we knew how how confusing the amount of, of jerseys spread out as we had in the, in the stack um, was for Randall to figure out. And then Brian King, you know, we were kind of, we were baiting, ultimately baiting Randall into that, into that interception the entire game because Brian was just, we were prepared over the top. This is what they're going to try to do. This is their bread and butter. And we were just like, as long as we can slug it out, get the offense back out on the field, we're going to be fine. Yeah. So, so like intimidation is like we played against Willis McGee. We Miami's got the backs, right? And we were we were able to to hold them as well as we're practicing against Avon and Quincy. So we had respect for Lee Suggs, but our goal was to just take his head off. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the so and and I mean Kevin Jones too. It's like yeah. So you're right. You guys got the they got the ball first and goal from the nine. Um, so then on second down, you guys stop Suggs second down. They tried to run Randall. And then of course on fourth right. down, um, they went back to Suggs. So let's, let's grant, let's talk about that fourth down play. Um, it, it obviously is historical. Um, the play you made, um, you've talked to me personally about it. We've talked about it, but kind of walk us through that fourth down and what you saw coming and what made you jump over the, the offensive line to get back there. I remember uh, I was thinking in my head, I was like, because they, they took their time to line up and get their play in. And I remember looking at Dirty, and I was just, I had like this moment of clarity in my mind. I looked at Dirty, I was like, yo, Dirty, I was like, I got to make this play. I was like, I got to make this fucking play. And he looked at me, he's like, you do got to make the play, and if you don't make the play, I'm going to make the play. I was like, and then I had this moment of, like silence, like peace started rushing over over me, and I remember 
looking at the backfield, it's like they have to give Suggs the ball. Like, unless they run a, a naked boot where, you know, Randall fakes a handoff and, and rolls out, which is ultimately out of my control being lined up in the middle. I was like, they have to. I was like, why wouldn't they give him the ball? So then I didn't know how, and I didn't really think about it. The ball was snapped, and I instinctively saw an opening because they were they were leaning the line to get a crack behind, ultimately in that little hole or area where I was where I jumped through, uh, and Suggs. Because the offensive line or our defensive line did such a good job of stalling it and clogging up those middle lanes, Suggs was kind of slow because he was trying to see where the crease was going to be. And I jumped, and once I landed, I was like, just dove into his leg. I was trying to get all of them, but I was like, I just clipped him enough that he lost lost his balance, and then everybody rallied around, and it was it. And I don't really recall thinking uh, prior to talking to Dirty, so telling him I got to make this. This is this is what I'm here for. I got to make this play. And then afterward, I looked back. I was like, he's down, and you heard the crowd go silent, except all the guys on our sideline and then the Mountaineer fa- Mountaineer fans were 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 going nuts. And I just got up. I looked back. I was like, we did it. And I started waving my arms, no. And then I ran off to the sideline in this state of, uh, it was like, I, I, you could say it was an outer body experience. And then I ran to the sidelines. I remember sitting on the bench and the ESPN cameras were on me. And usually that's when you yell, you know, six, one, Oh, shout out your, you know, trap PA or whatever. And I was just kind of in tears, like laughing and confused at what, what just happened. I was like, and then I, and then I clicked in, I was like, yo, we got one more series. I was like, unless hopefully the offense scores, but at that point, you got to be a little conservative. You know, you don't want to turn the ball over. And I and I said to the guys, I was like, we got one more series. I was like, this is not over. But I do remember feeling to myself, I was like, but they're done. I was like, we just took their heart. They don't, they don't have, unless we make a big mistake, they don't have. I I just didn't feel like they had the juice in them to to get you know, have that full drive. And sure enough, I think they got a penalty, uh, which pushed them back a little bit, if, if, unless I'm mistaken. And then, you know, Randall had to scramble. And we were literally, dude, we were dropping our defensive ends and just blitzing Dirty and I. And we were we were really just trying to contain Randall from having a big run and dropping our, our D lineman into coverage just to give him, just to blur the space. And then Brian uh, Ito <clears throat> Ito had a great game, and are there, was that Pack was on the other corner? No, not for I think this that was game. BK. That was BK. Yeah, and then our our Jamal over the top, and BK just bait uh, baited that. Um, yeah, and Thaxon, that's right. Thaxon was out in the flat, and so those guys were dropping back, playing like a, a middle to deep kind of zone with a BK over the top and he just came under it perfectly. And Randall, I mean, to Randall's credit, he, he didn't really have anywhere to go. And then if you can't, you can't score unless you put the ball in the air and, and BK just made an incredible play. And then I remember, I remember uh, dancing around with Avon. We hugged. I was like, the beast is back. The beast is back. And that, and that really was, that, you know, Coach Nealon, Oklahoma victory for Coach Rod, 
which then set the tone. And we had, you know, Pac-Man coming to town, Chris Henry and those guys, that young group was able to see that and be a part of that to, to carry it on the next few years. Yeah. So, yeah, because when you guys. And then, and, then, and then we're getting calls from Morgantown's on fire. And unfortunately, <laughs> we weren't able to fly back. So the, the madness, you know, they tore down the goalposts in Mountaineer Field. So that was that was wild hearing all the stories. And even to this day, you know, we bump into people that that still remember that so vividly um, and, and where they were at and how how great it made them feel. Yeah, because after you made the stop, there was still three minutes and 56 seconds left. Uh, Rashid, you guys ended up, I believe, taking a safety. What? Um, Listen, go ahead. Well, it was because of Beamer Ball. Right. So it's funny you say that because I was just about to mention probably one of the biggest overlooked plays in that football game was um, I'm pretty sure it was Mark Fazilari, who was a punter, who um, Coach Stu told him to go ahead and take the safety. And I remember this on the sideline, like Coach Rod, Coach Stu talking, going, everything's going back and forth. And uh, Coach Rod actually wanted to punt it away. Coach Stu said, no, listen, just trust me in this case. We're going to take the safety. We don't want to give them any extra points than what they could possibly get out of, you know, Mark taking the safety. So, um, like you mentioned, Beamer Ball, they were known for blocking punts, coming after it. And at that point, we were backed up. Can't remember where we were, but Mark's hills were basically at the back of the end zone. And they went ahead and made that decision. Let's just take the safety. We'll give them two points and uh, get off the field safely. You know what I mean? But the fact that they were able to make that decision put us in a great position because who knows if they come, they block that. That's the game changer play right there. So that was, that was a very overlooked play with him taking a safety. You know, here we are, we're what, 19 years later from, from a game like Grant said, really changed the trajectory of West Virginia football at that point with coach Rodriguez, probably his first signature win. Um, when you guys look at, you know, it's been 19 years. Um, what do you guys think about when you look back at that night in Blacksburg 19 years later? Go ahead, AC. So, and, and, and I told the story before, um, that, that game started off. I mean, we had a, we had a great week of practice um, leading up to it. But then, I mean, something happened. And I don't know if that was the first time. I, I could remember it, but I don't know if you guys do. But when we, you know, we had our, you know, we do our little prayer, pray, our, our player prayer. And then, um, you know, we came back into the locker room. And then when we all came back into the locker room, they started playing that Phil Collins. And I, I, I think that was the first time that they played it all year was at that game. And that was the first time I ever heard that song. And, you know, just thinking back at it, man, I'm like, man, we, we're going we're gonna to win this game. Like, and it was no doubt in my mind that we were going to win it. But one of the things that you guys didn't know during that game, I mean, you probably could tell because, you know, I didn't have the greatest game. Um, but I was bad. I had like a cracked pelvis that – you know, nobody, they never, they never disclosed that to me uh, until I, you know, until I went to the league, they were like, you know, you've been, you've been playing with a cracked pelvis um, the entire year. So, you know, I was battling, like I could, I could barely move sometimes like in that game and, and, you know, my pelvis was killing me and, and, and it was just, I couldn't really lift my legs the way I wanted to. And um, it just, it just was, it just was one of those games, man. I'm like, we're going to find a way to win this game. And, it just worked out, man. Like that game right there set the tone. I, like you said, for for our for the entire trajectory of what what you guys did the next year, and then with Pac Man and and Pat White, you know, 
that right there, I think, was the ground for the foundation of what to expect from our uh, from our program. And I mean, it just it just felt so great to to be a part of that win. You know what I mean? To make that happen, man. It was it was it was awesome. Rashid, no, I agree. You, uh, yeah, yeah. So, look, I agree. But the pressure for me was a little bit different um, because, again, I think at that point, the only other place that I've been to that was, you know, quote unquote hostile was um, Wisconsin. But I kept hearing how different Virginia Tech was. So anyway, um, I knew it was a big game. We all looked forward to those midweek Wednesday, Thursday night games, whenever it was. Um, but for as a quarterback, it, it, it was a lot of pressure, one, to make sure we got out of there with that victory and to, A, or to, two, not do any, anything stupid with the football because the playmakers are there. The chemistry was there. We knew we could get out with that win. So the pressure for me was like, okay, this is going to be a big test for you. Just go out there and do what you do. Don't try to do too much. Don't try to take the game over. Let everybody else help you out. And that's exactly what I did. And... um it was just a big confidence booster for me. Avon Grant, they had been in that arena before. They played in the big stadiums. The last time I was there, I was standing on the sideline. And uh, here's, a, here's a little nugget for you. Terry Dixon, this was at the end of the game. He said, listen, he didn't say you could be Michael Vick, but he said something along the lines like, listen, there's no difference between the two of you. You can easily do what he's doing. And that just stuck in my head for however many years that was. Two years had passed at that point. Um, but getting out of there with that victory, I said, okay, it's game time. Let's go. We Listen, we knocked off Virginia Tech at home. Nobody gave us a chance in America. We only believed in ourselves. So for me, it was a huge confidence booster. And I think for the, for the team itself, everybody's confidence just went through the roof. And that's the biggest Probably the biggest factor for any moment, for any player, confidence does something that nothing else can do for you. Grant, what do you remember from 19 years ago? What do you think back? Uh, I felt like we were bad. Like that was that victory that we had going back to that summer conversation with Avon, just like, yo, like we, we and, and back then we knew what we had. Like we knew we had the experience and the talent to beat these teams uh, it's almost like it was a blessing the year before to, to what we go three and eight changed our defense in the middle of the season. <laughs> it was yeah. just like what a what a that transition year was such a lesson, and and we knew we knew even with Coach Rod as challenging as it was with the with the transition, like we started to see have glimpses of what this what this offense could do and how challenging it was going to be for defenses. And then when we had coach Graham and coach Castile with this three, three stack, we're like, yo, this is a little unorthodox, but we can wreak havoc. And then one of the, one of the, one of the most fun memories, uh, I actually, I had an interception in that game that no one knows about because when we were standing on the sidelines, uh, looking in the crowd, which is, is one of the best feelings in a hostile environment like that, you get to look at the home fans and, you know, they're not really in the best mood. <laughs> and so we're standing on the sidelines and I remember seeing, it felt like slow motion. This Sprite bottle was just going end over end and I was watching it. And then I realized, Oh, 
that's a Sprite bottle. And I put my hand up, and if I didn't just catch it midair, it would have probably smacked me right in the head. But to me, that, that's like, obviously, it's not cool to throw shit at players <laughs> in the stands. That was it? That was taking that game? Yeah, that was my INT. Nobody knew about. And so so I grabbed that, and I just – it was satisfying. I threw it in the trash can, and then we were on our way. And, and one of the most fun parts about that is on their turf, we get to dance around and scream around with the fans that were there in the corner of the end zone. And I just – it was just so satisfying, that three-and-a-half-hour drive. Then we got back to town, and I remember – it was about four in the morning and I, I just, I hopped in my car and I was driving around to see if I could get into anything. Uh, but most, most of the raucous had already subsided by 4am, but I definitely, you know, saw a lot of charred, charred situations throughout town uh, <laughs> upon our return. And when we come back, we'll, um, we'll, there's some interesting on the ride back type things we want to get into. And I also want to get your predictions for um, the game this Saturday in Morgantown. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have more from Avon Coburn, uh, Rashid Marshall, and Grant Wilder. We'll do that after this. Don't go anywhere. Get more bank for your business with United Bank. Whether you'd like to start a business, purchase commercial real estate or equipment, United Bank can help. We support business development throughout our great state, making business and consumer loans and fueling opportunities. Small business owners' dreams come true and larger corporations grow. What can we do for your business? United Bank, West Virginia's bank. Proud to be united with the Mountaineers. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. At Warner Law Offices, the best part of our day is getting to hand a client a settlement check, knowing we've helped them get on with their life. If you've been hurt in a car wreck or from a workplace injury, call us. I'm Bobby Warner, and I'm your lawyer. Burr 101, located on Capitol Street in downtown Charleston, provides unlimited options for fun social gatherings and great dining. And the best nightlife in the city. Bar 101 has a full dinner menu, including wings, pork bowls, salads, and more. Be sure to enjoy a cheeseburger with fries with the draft beer for only $13. It's Bar 101's daily special. Plus $1 off drafts during happy hour from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Bar 101 also provides carryout and catering. Call 304-346-1101 or find Bar 101 on Facebook. Bar 101. Welcome, stranger. Hey, my dear fans. Hey, it's Brian Jones. You're listening to the Touchdown City Podcast. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Podcast. We're joined by Avon Coburn, Grant Wiley, and Rasheed Marshall. We've been talking about the 2002 Virginia Tech game in Blacksburg, um, a game that I believe we all kind of agreed changed the trajectory of Mountaineer football. I mean, at that point, the year before, West Virginia had been 3-8, and eight, basically got ran out of Mountaineer Field. Um, I think I still blame the white pants for that game. <laughs> the trick. Let's change our <laughs> pants after pregame. <laughs> <laughs> I still blame the white pants. But um, but but it was satisfying to get that victory in Morgantown. And Rashid, you had something you had started to bring up before we took that break. Yeah. So I think y'all remember this. Y'all should remember this, Anthony. You might actually remember it more because you worked as you know one of the photographers. But um, 
it was a moment in one of those MSN DVDs. Um, Angel Estrada was on the sideline, right? And they did a they did an ISO on him, and he's looking in the camera and like that thick New York City Bronx. He's like, "Yo, it ain't over, it ain't over." Yeah. And it's going in like third quarter, going into the fourth. And I was like, "Man!" Like after the fact, seeing that, I was like, "If that is not the the most perfect frame to to really cover that whole night." Because we were in control, the momentum was kind of swaying back and forth, but for the most part, we had it. And um, they caught Angel right in the middle. It ain't over. It ain't over. Mm-hmm. And Tony, he mixes in, and, you know, it, it just shows the buildup and, and how big of a ending that whole game was. But, um, man, I was just – that was something that popped in my head just thinking back because, hey, man, it just, again, showed how much everybody truly believed and – our abilities as a as individuals and as a team. Yeah, it you know you so having having Angel out there too was one of the most fun experiences on defense. Having somebody with the passion and the abilities that he had that he brought to the defense. He was absolutely right though. It wasn't over because even in the third quarter, when Quincy breaks that forty two yard touchdown, that put you guys up twenty one to ten. But you still felt like. It's Lane Stadium. We're on the road. It's Virginia Tech, and it wasn't over. They, you just felt like if you let your guard down, they could sneak back into that thing. So he was absolutely right. It wasn't over, and it literally came down to the last possession. Yo, one thing I don't think we mentioned. What were they ranked that year? I can't remember because both years. They were 12. Yeah, they were number 12, but at that point they had lost two games in a row. Um, That's something people probably forget about at that point. Um, They were – you know, coming off of the Michael Vick season, they were, you know, hoping to sneak back in and possibly play for a national championship. So for the first time since 92, that was their third loss in a row. So they must have been preseason. They were probably ranked in the top five. Yeah, and you know how that works. and We see it today. Right. Somebody is ranked really high, and then they can lose two or three games and still be in the top 15 just because of right. where they started. Yeah, that yep. was uh, three losses in a row for them and was the first time you, West Virginia had won in Blacksburg since 1992. <laughs> so it had been 10 Man. years since. Um, and here's here's a funny thing I remember. I remember getting, I know that, that was the first time we beat a ranked team since 96, I believe. 96 or 98. I think it, been, it would have been 98 because I feel like Syracuse with McNair or McNabb was ranked. Right. But um, I remember um, it was interesting on that on that goal line stand or the last possession, a play that when I went back and watched it last week, a play that, that no, we don't even mention it. On first down, Randall rolls out, and they try to hit. I don't know if they snuck a back out. I can't remember. But Jamal Adai breaks up the first down pass. He actually knocked it down. The, it, was, it would have been a tough catch, but the guy almost caught the ball. But Jamal got his arm out and knocked the ball down on first down, and that's what led to the Brian King interception. So it was there was a, there's so many little things that happened in that game. I, I encourage you guys to go back, maybe find it on YouTube and and watch it. But I remember specifically getting on the bus, and the Tech fans were pissed in the parking lot, and I sat in the back of bus three, back you know in the back back. I remember slouching down. And it's almost locking eyes with a group of these people, just sticking my middle finger up at them. We're out of here. <laughs> hey, listen. Talking I, spoke, about- I, spoke in, 
incorrectly too. I just want to clear this up. I actually did have an interception in the game. I just realized it on the two point conversion. <laughs> <laughs> so I had two interceptions. Oh man, Sorry. my man forgot he had a pick in the game. <laughs> hey, but but on the way back, I don't know. I don't remember what, if, if uh, she. I don't know if he was on bus one. Um, but we were on the front bus, and on the way back. A freaking deer jumps out. And yeah. the bus, I don't know if you remember this. Hey, the bus, the bus just kept rolling. Like it just kept if, on if going. Our car would have hit a deer, bro. It would have been traumatic. The bus. He was like, "Hey, they jumped. He shouldn't have jumped out there." He's like, "We'll just keep it moving." I was like, "Wow, we hit a deer uh-huh. on the way back." It was, you it heard was it too. A- that, that's a very West Virginia thing. It was. It was first stuck in the because I remember we got out and uh, we all went to the front of the bus because. I feel like Tricker was like, oh, let, let his ass stay there. Let We got to get back. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Man, we got out. You can see the fur stuck in the thing. Might have even knocked the headlight out. But I do remember that. <laughs> oh, wow. So, you know. Hey, the- hold on, hold on, hold on. One, one, one quick thing. Hey, Avon, so look, bus one. All right. So so TG was on the, was on the uh, bus one with us. Do you remember now? This is. You know, y'all listeners, take it however you want to take it. But TG Travis Garvin was on the on the back of the bus, and all I remember him kept saying from the time we got on the bus to the time we got off, "Ooh, he gonna eat it from the bike." <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that boy TG funny as can be. Hey, he ain't say back. He said bike. We gonna eat it from the bike. Like, bro, what is he talking about? But hey, we know I don't know talking. what he was talking about either, man. Hardy's, <laughs> you know what I mean? McDonald's, who knows? Right, right. <laughs> but that bike. I don't say back. I say bike. <laughs> Good stuff. But so then that kind of led into the 03 game. Um, they they were never even – I still think they were hungover from, from 02. Uh, they, they did not want to come to Mountaineer Field. On a Wednesday night, I know you you could see it in their body language. They were not actually interested in being there. (laughs) And they were ranked number three. And I felt like I remember that week how excited the receivers were uh, during preparation and how excited they were. They're like, oh, we're going to kill these guys. I remember TG specifically was talking about the offensive game plan. And we were excited because our I feel like our defense actually got better um, in some ways, specifically in the in the in the preparation. Um, and then we were also going into that game one and four, which doesn't seem like we would have the confidence, but there was more confidence. I feel like that game than even even the year before, which was thinking about it now is kind of kind of weird to me. Uh, I agree, but also to the point I said, we beat them last year or the year prior to, they had to come to us. They didn't necessarily right. gain any new players. They, you know, if anything, they had lost some guys. I think defense at that point was their strong suit. Um, but the receiver was there, uh, Wilford, Ernest Wilford, whatever his name was. Kevin but, Jones um, was, there, was the guy. Right, right, right. Ball was, was emerging. He was right. Uh, at cornerback, but we said, listen, this is the same team really from a year ago. You know, they replaced a couple guys, whatever. 
we could do the same thing all over again. And then at, at that point, we kept saying, I don't know if you remember this, Grant, we have a year under our belts already. So how much more comfortable are we going to go into this game than we did the year prior to? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just felt I felt the same carryover. I felt that same energy from the year before from getting that win going into that game week. And, of course, Brian King starts the game off picking Randall off again. Yeah. You know, when that happened, I, I feel like it became a joyous celebration because we knew we had their hearts. And they just – they were not – the way we handled the pressure of the stadium and the fans, they just, they were not prepared in that way. And I remember having a conversation with Jake Grove, who was there, I think he went in the first round, their center uh, to the Raiders. He was like, there was, he even said they were all, they were all shook that whole week leading up to, to actually coming to Morgantown. It, well, they played like it because literally from yeah, start we, to finish. We, we mopped them up. I mean, they were terrified to try to even try and tackle Quincy. And and I remember he ran over number forty eight and that's you know, continues to be a highlight from that game. And then I don't know if you guys remember Mo Fofana setting the tone early on on an ISO and just blew somebody up. And it was kinda it was one of those it turned into one of those fun games that we just knew we were gonna dominate uh, early on. I do- yep. So, Quincy's run, I think that set, set some tone uh, at whatever point it was that it happened. I want to say it was in the third quarter. Maybe I could be completely wrong on that. But, um, you know, it just, again, just solidified the confidence that we already had to say, listen, man, let's just put this one in a bag. If anything, I'm, I'm being completely honest. 03 was an easier victory than 02. But that 03 game against them probably felt like we were playing against Tennessee Mocks. You know what I mean? Tennessee Chattanooga. Yeah. It was that easy. I don't know if it stands, but I believe, Rashid, at that point, you'd set a mountain field record with the longest touchdown thrown. Oh, TG. Yeah. Yeah, Trav. So we worked on that. That was another one that we saw on film that we knew, okay, we get in a perfect situation. Uh, we're going to be able to basically execute this with ease. So we're backed up. Um, Quincy had been running the ball well that night. We got him in a – it wasn't a third down because we didn't want to, you know, tip him off as to, hey, we might put the ball up in the air. So I want to say it was either first or second down. I highly doubt it was third. Anyway, um, you have to respect the play fake. So Quincy's in the backfield. Like I said, he had been running the ball well. And Coach Rod just kept telling me, listen, don't feel like you need to rush your fake. You actually want to – let them bite on it just a little bit longer because TG's job was to come down, fake a stock block. And, you know, for the listeners, if you don't know what that is, that's basically where this receiver's trying to make it look as if it's a run play. He's going to push on the defensive back, make it look like he's going to block and then just burst vertical upfield. And um, we got the perfect opportunity to run the play. Um, I just kind of gave that poke fake. I didn't rush it too much, let the linebacker step up. They had the safety in the middle of the field who played down in a box. Um, not to get too technical with two like cornerbacks over top that were kind of like safety. So anyway, um, boom, you make the play fake, linebacker step up. Quincy did a good job, you know, being an actor on the whole thing. Safety, he bit on it, and all TG had to do was just get behind him. So I said, all right, don't mess it up. Put it up. Let him run under it. Boom, TG did the rest. Yeah. Did anybody get maced? Oh, that was great. 
It was like it was like a storybook with the cops on the field. I mean, we didn't want to. I didn't want to leave the field. I ended up uh, having a nice relationship after that from from somebody that was a, a woman that I was interested in. It was like a, a film. What happened on the field afterward, from my perspective, <laughs> oh, and then it was. It got so. There was a point where, like, I was tasting pepper spray because they were spraying so much of it. And then we were standing there and we're like, oh shit, we should probably get out of here. <laughs> and then I remember grabbing my friend Kristen and Renee. I was like, yo, come with us. We ran off the field and got them into the, into the, uh, the weight room. Obviously they weren't allowed to come into the, to the locker room. But I remember I was saying, looking back on that, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, but it was a lot of fun. And then the night of uh, yeah, going to the back door. It was just, it was a, it was a, a great, well-earned celebration. Yeah. Hey, uh, Avon. So look, I know you wasn't there this year, but you know how high that wall is from like the first row in the in the stands to the field level, right? Right. So I can't remember who it was. I was cool with one of the media guys, and he gave me this tape. He said, and this is. Back on VHS, if y'all remember, you know, or um, VCR, my bad. Yeah, same shit, whatever. Anyway, um, he gave me the tape field level. They were recording everything, people jumping over the stands. So this dude jumps over the wall, boom, he landed. And there's concrete, right? Because there's a drain right right off the wall. (laughs) So he made it over. And, um, man, it looked like Armageddon. So he's like, come on, you could do it. You could do it. So it must have been his girl, whoever it was, who was with him. And she was like, I can't make it. He said, you better jump. Man, this girl let go from the wall. Boom. Hit. She went down immediately. I think they said the girl ended up breaking her ankle because that concrete right there is right up next to the wall. And uh, she landed. Boom. And I just remember he like, it was like a, like a, a two movie. You know what I mean? Like leave no man behind. She got a, <laughs> Leg blown off. He just pulling her out the fire. Like, hey, we gotta get to the fifty yard line. Let's go, man. It was crazy. That was amazing, bro. I, I wish, I wish we would have played in Morgantown and beat them. Cause I mean, just seeing the scenes after the fact of that game was just amazing, bro. Just having, you know, and, and then hearing about people. They, they, they went and took the practice field uh, thing down. Uh, I mean, that was crazy, man. I, I know you guys enjoyed it. I think I was in Detroit at that time, and I was just. I was enjoying myself, guys. When I tell you, when, when and I, you guys play, you know, when you go to the league after you play and a year after and your team beats a team that, you know, you got somebody on the team that you're playing against and you betting them. And, bro, oh, that was just so – that was great, bro. That was – I love you guys for that. Yeah, I do remember in 02 <laughs> getting on the bus. Were and, they two or – were they, were they number two or number three in the country? They were three. It was three. Yeah. After, yeah, so we go into that after losing to Cincinnati and a couple other teams we probably should have beat. Miami, I and then oh yeah, the Miami game. That's right. Yeah, I, I just remember getting on the bus in '02, and I was again with the administrators, and I hear Mike Karen and Mike Parsons on the radios back and forth, and Mike Karen says they got the goalpost, and Mike Parsons is like three rows ahead of me. I hear him going, "What?" He is. They got the goalpost in Morgantown. Somebody ripped down the gut damn the damn goalpost in Morgantown. They rushed the field in Morgantown, tore the goalpost down with nobody in it. 
And then, of course, downtown Morgantown was a total zoo. Um, but, again, like Grant said, we didn't get back till like, 4 o'clock in the morning or something, busting back from Blacksburg. But um, I just remember that. And then, of course, you know, finishing the season, you know, you forget the next week you had to go play Pittsburgh. Seriously, apart, handing out souvenirs. <laughs> so, yeah, just a, a great ending to, um, you know, to that season, especially coming off of 3-8. and eight. But before I let you guys go, I want to get your opinion. What do you guys are – obviously, you've – You've been paying probably paying attention to West Virginia this year. Um, what do you guys expect Saturday? I expect it to be the same game as Maryland. The measuring stick is going to be the same. Which Mountaineer team is going to show up? You don't know. Yeah, There's going to be a lot of hype behind that quarterback position. We all saw it last week, most of us anyway. But, um, yeah, I, I think Virginia Tech's a good team. I thought Maryland was a good team, but Virginia Tech's nothing special. They beat UNC the week, uh, the opening week. But um, I think we are capable of winning. But which team is going to show up? Hey, Go ahead, uh, I, I would love to see Winston Wright make a name for himself nationally on this stage. Might, we might be losing him there. Avon, do you want to go ahead and – Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, go ahead, G-Wright. G-Wright. Oh, am I breaking up? Yeah, you were breaking up yeah. a little bit there. Oh, I was just saying, I would love to see. I think it's going to be back and forth. It's going to be obviously come down to defense, but I would love. I'm I'm going to predict that Winston Wright uh, plays a plays the the factor on special teams, and and we pull it out because of him and and his special abilities as a returner. Avon. Yeah, so so for me, um, you know, one one of the things that I know for sure is that, and 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 you guys can attest to this sometimes, as Mountaineers, we we tend to play to the level of our competition. And um, last week, you know, offensively, uh, I, I thought we played well, but you know, obviously running the ball, we we stunk up the place. You know, we you know our, our starting running back probably had thirty yards rushing, forty yards rushing, which is which is ridiculous. Um, you know, and should never happen against a team like that. But you know, like like Rashid said, you know, like she said, or Lajid said. Let me let me get it. That's my boy. <laughs> like Lajid said, Lajid said that you know it's it's the same type of same type of a team. Maryland and Virginia Tech, same team. Um, we have we have we have the possibility to win this game if we do it if we play the way we need to play. And I think you know going back because Wiley, we were we were up there. Um, what two weeks ago? Well, at least I was up there two weeks ago, and you know, talking to the kids about right. you know Virginia Tech and 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 in that game, they understood in my in my mind, they understood that you know it was the Big East, and, and that's when that's when we played ball the way we were supposed to play ball, and they un- they understand the significance of that game, and like I said, we played to the level of our competition, and them coming off of a a big win, the North Carolina who was ranked, and I mean they you know they 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 rolled last week, but. I really think we're going to win this game. I think we're going to win this game in, in a fashion same as you guys did um, in 03. Not like 02 where, where nobody thought we could win. I mean, may, maybe that's the, maybe that is the case um, because of how we played the, against Maryland um, and how we ran the football. But I really think – I really believe that we're going, to have a, we're going to have a really, really good game, game plan going in. Um, offensive line is going to step up and play the way they need to. Our quarterback – He's gonna be he's gonna be who he is and, and deliver the ball to to the receivers that's gonna make catches. And our defense, they're gonna to continue to be lights out. 
I think it can definitely change the the trajectory of this year's this season. I mean, if you lose, you got to play Oklahoma, then you could kind of lose the team. But if yep. they win, I think it could change the mindset and let this young team know that they're they're capable of pulling out some victories. Yeah, I honestly, it boils down to what did you learn from Maryland? It was the opening game. You played well enough in the first half to really pull out the victory if needed. Um, Maryland made some adjustments, whatever. But what do you? What did you learn from that first game? A lot of the situations are going to be the same. Virginia Tech, they're going to sell out to the run. Letty Brown is going to attract so much attention. So now, naturally, the pressure falls onto the quarterback and the receivers, um, which can in turn help actually open up the run game. So it's going to fall down to a very specific group of guys, man, and it's going to be up to them to get their job done. And those specific guys are the quarterbacks and the receivers. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Um, I'm, a, I'm also expecting a sellout crowd, and I, I look forward to, to A, being there, but the crowd, the fans have been waiting for this game for quite some time, so I think it's going to be – I think they're, they've been preparing to be as loud as possible, and I think that'll be a lot of fun and, and help the defense out a lot. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to cut you guys loose. Um, I appreciate you guys taking the time to jump on here. It's always good to hear your voices. Um, I, I see Avon on a regular basis, but I hope to see you guys, uh, Rashid and Grant, soon. And, um, again, it's it was fun kind of reliving it. It's funny, you know, we've been talking about doing it for about a week, but you start thinking about things you want to talk about. And then as we're talking, all these little things kept popping into my head, all these little things that happened where I was at and on the bus and and then just riding back on the bus and – and then going back through the videos a year later, like I'd kind of forgot about the Angel Estrada thing until she brought it up. But um, I appreciate you guys jumping on here and uh, sharing these stories with the Mountaineer fans. Definitely. Much love, y'all. Thank you. The Touchdown City Podcast is produced by Anthony Lewis in partnership with HD Media, the Charleston Gazette-Mail. Get your Touchdown City podcast merchandise by visiting touchdowncity.com.